0: Investing Insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. G'day, how are you going? Phil Tarrant here, co-host of Investing Insights with our very good friends at the Right Property Group in the studio with me this afternoon. It's when we're recording Mr. Victor Kumar and Stephen Waters Esquire. Gentlemen, how are you going? You well? Esquire. Yeah, Esquire.
1: It's a, a, a new term for the new year, I'm not yeah. sure what it means. It's I think he's been,
2: been Googling over the Christmas break, Right, he's learnt a new word. Expanding the vocabulary, yeah. but well, thank you for asking.
0: Well, no, it's just it's a term of, term of respect, I think it was. You were going to say endearment then, weren't oh, you? Oh,
2: no, no, then I stopped myself because it's not really
0: endearing, because I was probably <laughs> <laughs> setting myself up for some sort of comment, which I don't know, oh, there's something in there anyway. No, Steve Waters Esquire, it's, it's an old-fashioned term for mm-hmm. a landed gentleman.
2: Well, there, <laughs> it, there it is. <laughs> Sorry, is it is it landed or rounded? Gentlemen? Rounded, gentlemen. No, landed.
0: Let's not, let's not, it's not body shame. It's not very nice. It's the new year and all that. I, I mean, it's absolutely appalling to pick on your colleague that way and uh, we don't encourage that sort of behaviour on Investing inside size the Right Property Group. What sort of behaviour we do encourage on Investing in size the Right Property Group is common sense. <laughs> do, we need, do we need the office defibrillator? I think young Stephen here is uh <laughs> it's in a spot of bother. We encourage good behaviour on this podcast, Stephen. That's we do. About, that's about being a more informed, better educated, a better property investor. You know, mm-hmm. and we've been doing this now for a, a couple of seasons, and uh, we enjoy getting together once a month to um, see what's going on in property and hopefully apply some of the principles and strategies that you do every single day in the work that you do with your clients, and um, freely share that information so people can embark on that themselves and we'll get toward the back end of the podcast. I think you guys are gonna make a nice offer to potentially sit down with people that wanna start thinking about twenty twenty, what property means for them. So tune in towards the back end of this podcast and we'll let you know how to go about doing that. But um you only get to do this once every ten years. Start a new decade, Stephen and um twenty twenty, you know. Most people are familiar with twenty twenty. Normally means some sort of uh you look forward about with vision and clarity, your eyes crystal clear knowing where you're going or With the benefit of hindsight, you know, you can look back and uh, consider where you've been and how that might shape where you're going. So I thought we could lean on this as our guiding beacon for this particular podcast and help shape our discussion. Ten years we've got ahead of us in this decade, and uh, we spoke a lot about this at the later part, mid to later part of last year. And I know you guys have been sort of coined this term for many years ago, this design your decade type of thing. So don't think about property as in what's happening tomorrow or what next year is like. You know, you need to be thinking in blocks of 10 I guess you know and again we spoke about this most market cycles depending on who you listen to or what the experts say 7 to 12 years so Mm. you know if you sort of balance it out to about a decade and you start thinking in 10 year increments that's probably the right way to go about it so here we are start of 2020 a lot of our listeners are uh, been in the game for a while. They've got large portfolios and they continue to grow those, but you've also got a lot of people who are new to the market sort of tuning into this. So There's a lot of information out there, yeah, isn't theres there uh, is. Yeah, you know, Via platforms like yourself or mm. whoever, but there's a lot of
1: potentially misleading information. And I think just coming back to the designer decade. Is it design art decade or your decade? Your decade. Your design yeah. your decade. Design A, your design a, yeah, yeah, largely the same. It is, but importantly, it's not just so much about the result at the end of the decade it's the fundamental steps you put in place so that that decade plans out nicely for you and being able to pivot being deliberate but it's a plan essentially
2: and the constant check-ins where do you check in what do you check in in terms of what you're planning to achieve in the decade and especially when we're talking 2020 we've got a reset which is we've got a zero in our number Mm. right for those that are no, into numerology. I'm not, but it's are something... You're more sort
0: can... of astrology, are you? you? You sort of read the paper and... When's
2: your birth? What, are you an Aries? No, no, I'm a Gemini, mate. What does that mean? It, sorry me, sorry it, to stop you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is important. <laughs> you know, there's like property professors and stuff, maybe yeah. you're the, uh, uh, This know, week will bring the... romance <laughs> and wealth to your... Yeah. Gemini,
2: mate. I'm the perfect yin-yang, right? Okay. Literally, so... <laughs> But coming back to, uh, since you so rudely interrupted me, sorry. um, if you you look at 2020, we've got a zero, which is a reset. Mm. So we're starting off resetting again. And we're resetting on two levels. One, obviously, it's a new year. So we're resetting for this year, looking at our goals, our resolutions, and what steps we need to take. What can we achieve given what's the playing field for the year, but also importantly for the decade as well, because we're getting a clean start, which is on a finite number. And uh, we can say that by 2030, this is what we plan to achieve. And then we reverse engineer it from a portfolio basis, from your income basis, and um, basically bring it back to yearly, quarterly, quarterly. Goals and um, build it up back from there. Milestones, milestones along the way, and
1: you just mentioned twenty, thirty. I also, I know know that sounds like way out there, but it'll go in a flash. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. I think you know, whilst it might seem like oh, I've got to wait ten years to get some sort of result, or even fifteen or twenty years, it will go
0: quickly. Hmm. Will the twenties be good for property? The twenties be good because we're talking about decades, right? And and again, it's always going to be it depends what you do, but. Yeah. Any decade's good as
1: yeah. if you approach it correctly. Let's
0: talk about market conditions. We're starting this decade with record low interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, lending's getting a little bit easier. You know, the at least serviceability requirements have come down. We have a government in place which has given us some certainty moving forward. Is mm. it going to be
1: good? I think it will be, but not for everybody, as we've said before. I think for yep. some it'll be exceptionally good and for others it'll be same old, same old or even deflammatory in their own personal circumstances. But if you even look at, I think the CBA put out a report yesterday saying that the number of new loans is at nearly record highs, or go back to 2010 or whatever it was, don't quote me on that. But what that importantly does is it's showing a sign of the wealth effect starting to resonate and emanate out. And that's because of Mm. low interest rates. People are maybe starting to feel a little bit more secure. But what I found interesting was that retail spending was also at its lowest Mm. ever. So there's a yin and a yang (laughs) in terms of what the economy fundamentals are showing. And so what that does is that has potentially certain markets in flux and when there is a market in flux or even a decision to be made and a hesitation that goes along with that decision, there are opportunities for investors. Now, that's potentially looking a little bit too deep and making it a little bit too complicated. To answer the question, do I think it will be good? I think the, the next couple of years are pivotal to get either started or either to consolidate wherever you're up to and to take advantage of the conditions that we have today mm. and how to set yourself up in the future. But that doesn't mean every market. I think there are some markets out there that are being perpetuated by you know,
0: self-invested interests, if you will, and I think people need to be careful. So looking, you know, we're talking about 2020, and let's look back with that and with hindsight, which is a great spot to be. When people think back at the decade that just happened, now if I go back and think about when people talk about the 90s when it comes to property, people want to go interest rates were 16% or something or other. It was pretty hard graft. Yeah. You know, the economy wasn't doing very well. There's a lot of this, that, and the other. You know, when we so – decades get identified in a whole bunch of different ways, but whether it's music or whatever, but when it comes to property, they get their own identity as well. Mm. When people think back on the decade just passed, how – in 20 or 30 years' time, what do you think they're going to be talking about? How are they going to describe this decade that we've just had when it comes to property?
1: I think two ways. A GFC.
0: Yeah, that's right. GFC one. was last yeah.
1: decade, yeah. And then I think they're going to be talking about these record highs slash affordability issues that the Australian real estate market had as a general rule mm. because a lot has happened in the last decade okay. and in mountains of changes, scenarios. We had a... We had royal commissions, we had record mm-hmm. growth, we had affordability issues, we had a GFC, the back end of that lending, I think we had about a thousand prime ministers, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and opposition leaders, yeah and we had you know, almost record issues with obtaining finance at one stage. and I think people tend to forget that there is so many scenarios over the last decade, and the next decade will be no different. True, true. there will be just as many changes in whatever shape or form. Mm-hmm. It's the preparation that allows you to pivot at each of those major changes that the next decade holds is where the goal will
2: be. I think what we need to do is perhaps split it up into if you're starting or just starting your portfolio and beginning the investing journey, what do we do this year and in this decade and and how do we prepare for it? And if you've already got a um, sizable portfolio under your belt, what do you do now? Right. Mm. So let's start with the investors that have already got a couple of properties under their belt. Perhaps- this is the time to batten down and start looking at restructuring your mortgages as the finance starts becoming easier to be able to, first of all, free up any equity so that if there are opportunities coming up in the coming years, you are ahead of the curve in terms of you've already got the money. So you're not trying to get from a standing start, you're already moving in that sense because you've got a large portfolio. So it takes longer with most lenders these days with the amount of paperwork that you need to. Give to them. Mm. So if you take any, all three of us, I mean, to get a loan is a, you know, couple so of months process, if sick, that. A couple, you know, not six. <laughs> it's not something I look yeah. forward to, Victor. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so for someone that's got a sizable portfolio, that's the first thing you need to do is look at your mortgages, look at which ones are coming off interest only. And if they are coming off interest only, perhaps even take a, di- uh, in a deeper dive into it and say, all right, is this – coming off interest only and does it make sense to let it revert to principal and interest because the difference between your interest only component and principal and interest isn't substantial Mm. and a lot will depend on the loan size obviously to actually um, work that out and perhaps you need to apart from freeing up the equity start thinking of mortgage retirement as well the debt retirement side of it as well. Correct
1: and it's an interesting question Mm. we get asked that a lot should I go to the principal and interest with the attractive rate or keep it interest only Mm -hmm. and whilst there's always individual circumstances generally speaking if the household budget can afford it and you're not in a purchasing phase then why not take advantage of the lowest rates that you possibly can and and use that as a you know the part of the pay down cycle if you will Mm. but i think always try to get the money before you need it
2: as we keep saying it every single time
1: trying to get it when you need it and just everything turns upside down for you so being liquid yeah being prepared all Mm -hmm. the time i think is essential
2: that's right. And then perhaps for someone that's already got a portfolio, you may want to change tack in the sense that if you continue buying the same type of property, the same areas, perhaps you're making your portfolio a bit too top-heavy. You need to start thinking of, okay, where does this lead? We are in, in record low interest rates right now. But historically, interest rates are around the 5 to 6% mark. And whilst we can't predict the future, we don't know, but we know for sure, the interest rates will go up and it'll go up to about the five or 6%, perhaps even higher, right? So we need to start looking at it and saying, okay, if it does do that, if I'm buying the same types of properties right now and keep on adding to my negative cash flow without mitigating the risk if the interest rates do go up, how am I going to hold onto my portfolio at the time when everyone else is struggling and at the time when it will become a lot harder to qualify for loans as the interest rates start creeping up. So, we're really talking about balancing the portfolio. That's right. That's which right. Which means different, different types asset of types, different, different areas. Property
1: types, mm. perhaps even different asset
2: classes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And uh, perhaps even stop buying as well. Take, so take a
0: break. Yeah. 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 So, we're talking about designing your decade. So, mm. with all this in mind, people will be going, okay, that's cool. I'm going to start doing something today. But mm-hmm. so, was, we're talking about 2030 or 2029. Let's get our crystal ball out. What's Australia look like in? 10 years what's the property market look like in 10 years it's a lot of stuff we just don't know but there is you can look to history for clues of how mm. a decade might look so we've got to be thinking about you know what australia what australian property <coughs> will look like in 10 years and then you know me 10 years on I'm still going to be working but I'd like to think that I probably don't have to be working, but you I, actually I, work? ju- I choose to work. No, I don't. I just speak to blokes like go out to lunches, you know. <laughs> one of the best jobs in Australia. <laughs> so lunch a
2: lot, eh? So lunch a lot.
0: You can tell. Um, But, you know, Australia's going to look very different, you mm. know, in, in 10 years. I, the population, we can go and get the numbers and we should maybe put this onto the website. But you've got to understand and appreciate where you're going to fit within that, both professionally, personally, your ability to generate income, what sort of lifestyle you want to have. What changes. What changes there might be. You know, but it's hard to think 10 years ahead. That's true. That's it is. True. But there's you mentioned something quite substantial, saying there are clues. Mm. And
1: I think if, you know, if you took you guys, Momentum mm. Media and Smart Property Investment, that you, if you pulled up stories in 2028 and reviewed the last eight years, they'd be pretty similar to the eight years that have just been. So we know that you'll be talking about interest rates and how they've gone up. We know that the whole argument about affordability will raise its head again. So there are clues that it's just history repeating you itself.
0: Know, I completely agree. And it's only just yesterday I did a podcast for the Smart Property Investment where we did the top 10 stories of 2019. It could have been 2009. It could have been 1999. Yep, 100%. Like it was... You could verbatim put it in there and not change a word and it could be ident- – like some of the details in the stories might be Well, the trigger different. points were different, but yeah. the result or the headline yeah, was the same. Same headline, same introduction. You could write it Correct. time and time and time and time and time. And it will be again. the same
1: again. So, Vic, you mentioned mm-hmm. interest rates. before. We know they're going to go up. Like, yep. I know people are talking about you know, a long-term forecast of a low interest rate environment, but I don't buy into that. And I think when interest rates go up, they'll go up pretty quickly. I don't mean to 8%, mm-hmm. but there'll be a couple of bumps Yeah, pretty quick. So, being prepared for that. So creating your portfolio or having levers or strategies in place to combat that when the time is right is essential because at that point in time, the state of your wallet will dictate the state of your mind mm-hmm. without fail.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you look at it from a time perspective, and I know we're only talking a decade, but one of my clients that uh, had secured a property for Christmas was doing a renovation and Craig Burgess, if you're listening, thanks for sending me that article. Under the carpet, he found newspaper pages from 1968 and uh, pricing on properties, mm. one that really sticks out to me was um, uh, Campbelltown in New South Wales. Your deposit was fifty dollars, and it was the um, caption was get connected to the sewer, underground power, and have an Olympic sized pool at the entry of the estate. And your total purchase price was three thousand eight hundred something dollars, right? Now, when we look at it today, we think, geez, three and a half thousand dollars, three thousand eight hundred—that's a bargain. But the reality is that most people back then were probably earning $10, $20 a week, right? So $50 was still not affordable in that sense on a weekly basis to, to have the deposit. So the initial deposit was still hard to save up. Mm. Finance and was hard. Finance was hard, yeah, yeah, because you actually needed needed to know the banker. And you know, for our female investors, if you were investing back then, good luck. You would yeah. not get a loan. You needed to have a male with you. Times have changed, certainly. Uh, if you look at the monthly payments, it was $17.50 from memory. But it's all still relative. We've moved to bigger numbers. We're still saying it is hard to save up a deposit. We're still saying that it is hard to find affordable properties in the right areas. Nothing's changed. The only thing that's really changed is how we're getting our money, or how easily we are able to get the money, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. But also what's also changed is the information that we get, the manner in which we get the information. So as we're going into into the next decade, I think more and more, everything's going to move digital and research will become easier, but equally importantly, it'll become a lot more problematic because you won't be able to decipher what is true and what is not and still comes back. Back to the basics where you actually have to be on the ground. You have to actually know what's real and what's fluffed up data and make sure that you're buying well within your means in terms of affordable property that is affordable to you and not necessarily in terms of a price band, but more so in terms of what you've set yourself up in terms of the goal for the next 10 years and making sure that every property you add to your portfolio is complementing the properties you already hold and is also enabling you to hold the entire portfolio without compromise to lifestyle and perhaps enabling you also to buy your next one.
0: Hypothetical, Victor. So, mm-hmm. you know, the point I take from what you just said, and it's really, really pertinent is you've got to put everything into context and put into perspective. Uh, you're talking about the 60s and newspapers. Remember, I remember we did a uh, run out with you guys. St. Mary's, and we Ooh. found all those newspapers. I remember sitting there flicking through them, exactly the same thing, adverts. Mm-hmm. You just go, look how cheap yeah. this is. But, you know, hypothetical, if you had a time machine mm-hmm. and you could go back to the 60s or you could be where we are today mm-hmm. and with the purpose of creating generational wealth, mm-hmm. would you prefer to be where we are now? Or would you prefer to be where you would be in the sixties, knowing what you know happens from the sixties in terms well, of stupid legal interest rates. I've
2: got I've got news for you. I'm actually from the future. Are oh, you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all becomes I've, clear. I've, I've, I've come Welcome back Marty McFly. <laughs>
0: You know, I just saw a spoof advert of like you know, Victor sitting there with his calculator. And like flux you
2: know. capacitor.
0: <laughs> so you've actually come back to this time. To this time to because it's very affordable again. right now right, when, really. when I compare
2: 100 years down.
0: But yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like yeah. it's always going to be horses for courses, That's right? right? Yeah. But yeah. like was it better then? Because if you think back yeah. at Sydney in the 60s, mm-hmm. um, let's say where your offices are out right, at Bellevue Hill, that was a country. Bell-Vista. Oh sorry, Bellevue Hill was a country, yeah. you know. Yeah. Blacktown was the fringe of... I think the train line only mm-hmm. got in there and whatever, or the bridge across at least there at Seven Hills where I grew up. But it was a very different place, right? Like, yes. did, Was that where all the good opportunities were then? They don't exist anymore because it's been built out. Or every decade, and we're talking about designing a decade, mm. every decade has its own dynamics, which is just the ongoing growth and development. I think the it fundamentals, was,
1: yeah. I think yes, but the fundamentals are the same. Mm. Like if, if you go back to the 60s where you could have bought in a city for, a, I don't know, $60,000, well, you compare that to today, it's –
0: but it's all—it's all, about the same, though, isn't it? Really, like relevance of the amount of I know zeros are the, different. Yeah, but they talk about now the the median house takes ten times the average. I can't remember eleven times yeah. the annual, which is how like the World Bank measures says so as overpriced, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back then it was very different. You know, but attitudes toward debt was very different. But back then, only
1: one person was on the loan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: back yeah. then the standard of living was different. Mm. Back then, education was different. Back then, back then, back then, back then, they were still carving up land and giving it to soldier settlement blocks. Yeah. So I don't think you can really take a leaf out of yesteryear's book that far back and just verbatim say, well, that's just, let's just, you know, double down on that because it'll be the same forever and ever and ever. There are always different trigger points. The world as we know it is evolving, but it's in our DNA as an example to own the principal place of residence. But that is slowly but surely changing.
0: I think home ownership in Which the is 2020s going. versus home ownership in the 60s, probably very different. Very different. Very different. Mm. And it will continue to, mm-hmm. to change.
1: Yeah, We might end up somewhere like, I don't know, New York, where most people rent. Mm. Yeah, Who knows? But yeah, I don't think that's the case, but you certainly got to account for it. The world is evolving at such a fast pace where you just can't think that everything is going to be the same as yesterday. Yeah.
2: So gone are the days where you can have a 30, 40-year strategy, hence coming back to design your decade because – the goalposts in terms of what is achievable and what you can buy and what you can do with it and where you can buy is changing rapidly along with the information. So mm. that's why you need to condense it back to a decade rather than have your traditional approach of a 40-year strategy, buy one, two properties, You know, don't worry about paying down debt, let it grow immensely in value, the debt will be minuscule. I think that's gone out the window now and really what we all should be looking towards is outright ownership in property in some way shape or form right Absolutely. so yeah so that way you're immune to to um your interest rate fluctuations you're immune to what the economy is doing to a degree uh, because you don't have your major overhead which is your interest rate component on the loan and if you started thinking of it that way the way you are investing where you're investing and what you're investing in will start changing as well and and you will then start foregoing the traditional approach and start looking more towards, okay, what does this mean to me in terms of lifestyle? What does this mean to me in terms of the um, income that it'll generate? Not necessarily the equity. But then also, equally importantly, therein lies the problem because most people try and get to the income too quick and they don't set their foundation right. You need to set the wealth in first. So you, you need to get, uh, get the strategies and all that and implement that first, then unencumbered by implementing the higher strategy. So if you're looking at investing in a 10-year time frame, perhaps the first three, four, five years is all about accumulation and uh, um, uh, resetting the portfolio. Then the following five years may be a hiatus of either going back and implementing the strategies on the properties you already own or just, just uh, battening down the hatches and starting to pay down those mortgages so that you're not constantly in the buying phase.
1: So if we explore that a bit further, because and, and just to really make the point, clear, we're not talking about a result in 10 years. No. So that's not what design a decade is about. Um, And Victor mentioned that every property has a reason for being in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the way we first started investing, we don't invest like that anymore. And we wouldn't encourage anybody to do that, which was just a matter of set and forget, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So now it is more about buying the right types of properties in the right types of area, all those normal fundamentals that we should all know but it's about what the outcome of Mm -hmm. each property is. So that when we do get to those times of consolidation and that the cash flow is apparent, Mm -hmm. that we are in a a situation where we are not needing, we're not wanting because we want time to do its work. Yeah.
2: Initially, when you're investing, the potential is that the investing will actually lock you back into your job because you actually need that extra income to hold on to the portfolio. But the idea is that you want the portfolio to neutralize relatively quickly. Now. The quickly depends on your time frame, not, not necessarily my time frame, not mm. necessarily what the books say. It's your time frame. You need to neutralize it relatively quickly so that the property growth, the property pay down happens in the background and you continue doing what you're doing, whether it is um, you know, developing your career, whether it is uh, going and start self-employment, whatever it looks like to you. Uh, That's what you need to do. Investing needs to happen in the background.
0: So what hasn't changed is cash flow management is still king.
2: Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: And what we're talking about here are the the fundamentals of investing and whether it's the 2020s, whether it's the 1960s or whether Mm -hmm. or not you're going to go back to the the streets of ancient Rome, you Mm -hmm. know, borrow money, don't borrow too much, be able to pay your debt back. And at some point in time, own the asset outright. And that's the the stepping stones to wealth creation. That's the goal. But there are so many... It hasn't changed, but there's been so many different filters
1: put on that, especially as technology evolves, being able to make it look sexier and cleaner and fizzier and what have you, because people have evolved strategies as they have been successful. Now, some of that success may have been a moment in time because of what the economy did or what the market did, but nothing has still beaten
0: time over debt, productive debt, and then paying it down is mm-hmm. where the wealth is. Look, it's speaking that way as you're talking thousands of years, right? Like mm-hmm. it hasn't changed, right? It, has, it, it hasn't changed and it probably won't change too much. The the how might, but the process is consistent, but you know, we're talking about 2020 and each decade is identified by a particular set of, you know, themes or situations or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. 40s was influenced by war, you know, as a big determinant of that particular decade, 1940s, for example. So 2020, considering the basic fundamentals of wealth creation, which is what we're talking about, what do you think we need to be keeping in mind or in our back pocket as we approach this next decade, designing a decade that might shape the way in which you might make investment decisions? So mm. the economy, you know you go really micro or macro with this stuff, you know, America's relationship with China and how that might have power play and how that might translate into markets or oil prices or what. you can go that deep. You know, what, what are the sort of stuff that gets to investors? That's probably should be saying, the new investor to the street is building out a decade, an investor who currently has a portfolio. What are the headlines that you need to be across, do you think, for the next 10 years? So That's a hard
1: question. Yeah, so but. let's strip away the like the normal fundamentals of you know, yeah. location and da-da-da-da. Yeah. For me, I think it's, people are more and more we'll call it outsourcing Mm -hmm. yeah and becoming reliant upon different facets within the industry call them team players if you will i think that will evolve more for the better i think for both i'm probably boxing myself into a corner here but i think in some areas it'll be a lot better Mm. and if we just look at what we do in terms of advisory and what have you i think it will get better and yeah that might be through regulation and And what have you, and we want that, bring that on. However, I also think there'll be some sectors of the the overall market that will be very, very gray. And one of those areas for me is around data. As we know, data is king and there are many collection agencies. And I think as AI gets better Mm. and we're able to collate that, people will rely upon that more and then they'll start to... Jig the algorithms and what have you, and people will become just reliant upon what the data and the algorithms are. So you're sets. talking about outsourcing responsibility and that's Correct. detrimental. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I do. That's where I think that's where the, the problem will be. And so So don't use the machine too much. Don't use the machine. Never never advocate the responsibility. Mm. At the end of the day, the responsibility of yours, and it's a multi-million dollar business, so dig deep and be real with it. No matter what technology throws to you. So technology for me, if you want to overlay it, will be massive. But I also think, I think there's going to be a story somewhere in the next decade when rates get back to, let's call it 5% or thereabouts.
2: And there'll be a reset in the market again.
1: Yeah. And there'll be a lot of things that were, well, this is the way we should do things back then. But now that rates are at 5%, well, that it's just a flawed mm-hmm. yeah strategy, whatever the asset may be. Which then comes back to me, just with all the glitz and the glamour and everything else of like that, just don't steer away from the fundamentals, right? It's as it's simple as that. Cash flow management, I I've said a million times, yeah, location, asset type, quality, but more so than ever, responsibility.
2: I think one of the things that we need to be mindful of in this decade is this is the decade, in my opinion, of over-information. And um, coming back to what you said, Steve, we need to get back to the fundamentals, get it to a physical attribute in terms of, you know, making sure that you physically eyeball the property, you're making sure that you are thinking the strategy through rather than basing all of your decision on photos on the internet, which if you look at most photos on realestate.com, The cloud patterns are the same. There's actually Photoshop furniture in there. The grass, even though we're in a drought, is absolutely green. Actually, just Uh,
1: sorry to interrupt. If you just go back to our social pages, say Facebook, we put up probably, I don't know, maybe four or five examples of horrendous Mm -hmm. Photoshopping. Or good Photoshopping, but horrendous. Yep. You shouldn't have done it. It's like your
0: personal page, right, where one day you're in front of the Eiffel Tower, the next day you're you're at the, uh, you know... The bullfighting in Spain and the photoshopping is great, but everyone just knows a little bit, <clears throat> how's your father, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Whereas where,
1: where, where, where yours, it's more about, it, you know, personally.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lost 30 See, kilos. You know, yeah, it is, you know. It's a, it's I, a, but, but let's have a chat about that. You're talking about technology and how technology can be an abler, but it can also, if used incorrectly, can be a hindrance. If I look back at realestate.com.au 10 years ago to where it is today, a decade, it's not that different, to be honest with you. It does pretty much the same thing. It's mm. got a few more features and benefits and stuff. This is sort of a new wave of of technology, prop tech, if you want to call it, which yeah. is for people that work within real estate or people who buy real estate. And that's accelerating. That's changing rapidly. But how do you make sure your relationship with technology isn't a negative one that makes you a less effective investor? How do you um, know if you got that relationship yeah. wrong? Look, we...
1: I'll bring it back to how we do things and we use just about every facet of technology that's mm. available and have had for many years. We use every data collection house. There's not anything that we don't use that everybody else uses. And that's the secret. Everybody uses the same collection agencies. Mm. It's how we interpret the data. And I think the Using skill. Using the experience of correct, the use. The skill of interpretation is where the gold is. And you can only get that via. Yeah, many years of doing it but also ground truth which is what we've said a gazillion times because data is just an indicator it's not the truth.
0: Mm.
2: And having said that you know technology does help right we are moving more and more into the digital space so as an example settlements of property before used to be paper-based and you actually went in with a settlement agent and if they missed a check or if they bank a settlement officer, officer didn't meet up with Bank B settlement, officer settlement doesn't happen. It then gets rescheduled for the next day. You get copper fee. Now it's all on Paxa, which is electronic. And you can keep postponing your settlement every half an hour because it's all electronic. There's no physical person going and everything's electronic, right? So that's something that certainly made property transaction easier. I think it'll get easier still as purchasing does happen. We've got a lot of agents that are now starting to move on to digital signatures on the contracts and all that sort of stuff. But what it also does, it takes away the tangibility of buying property. It takes away the tangibility of signing on hard paper, being able to physically write out a check. And so the the enormity of getting into debt is lost more and more. And people are just seeing that as fantasy money that, that you know, I just got to come up with this, this, then, this.
1: I'm glad you said that because
2: it's taking the
1: emotion. Mm-hmm out the physical emotion out of purchasing. And I know that there's that golden rule where, you know, you should take all the emotion out of when you're purchasing investment properties are just numbers, numbers, numbers. But mm. I challenge anyone and there will be very few people that can absolutely eradicate
0: all emotions when purchasing Emotionless a property. Emotionless investor. Yeah. Like, whether that sounds like the term for Victor's next book, right? <laughs> It's <laughs> the emotionless investor. It's a, he's, he's come from the future.
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, showing emotion now. <laughs> yeah, but truly, like you think about the last yeah, time true. when you yeah. signed loan documents for a million bucks, yeah, there was an element of emotion attached to it, whatever that looked like. Yeah, well, if you're inspecting a property, there's an mm-hmm. element of emotion. And if you, everything is, if you go back to your example of yeah. Everything's digital. Everything's digital. It is a tick and flick scenario. So where that might play out Mm. is, to a lesser degree, a banking inquiry but within the real estate industry because so many things have gone
2: wrong. That's right. right. And and, and to bring it to real-life perspective, right, we've got, you know, we tap our card when you're buying coffee, as an example. Compare it to, say, probably even five years ago. We had to pay across physical notes, right? And when you're paying across physical notes, you actually – Felt like you're parting with your money,
0: different relationship with money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, whereas you're tapping your card, it doesn't feel like you've actually spent the money. I mm. do
1: that now with my phone. I tap. People just put their watch like that. And my and wife does know, that. No, like, yeah. Yeah. It's just ding, You know, that, that was simple. You go. Like one of the things we say about feeling stuff is, and when we do the reviews with our clients and we help them set up that initial purchase or ongoing purchase, and we would have done the same with you, is we would like you on your first couple of purchases to not have the real estate agent pay all the bills for you. We physically want you to pay your own bills so that you get to know what it feels like and get muscle memory, if you will, Mm. on that this costs that and that costs this and that you've got to pay it on this quarter and on that date. And once your portfolio gets to a couple or whatever it may be and you're used to and you know what and you understand what the expenses are, then you can hand over. Mm. But imagine if it was just all taken away from you to begin with. You would have no physical attachment in any way, shape or form to the property and I
0: think that's where the problem will lay. Absolutely. I agree. Let's fast forward 10 years and let's make the commitment now that we do a podcast irrespective of what happens, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully we're still doing Investing Insights in a decade's time, but let's make sure we get back together. I'd say you'd be and, replaced with the outsourced. Technology might have taken over, right? <laughs> what do you mean Robo do <laughs> In a Zimmer frame. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, we are come together in 10 years and we spoke a, a bunch of you talking just a, a Royal Commission into the real estate sector. Oh, man, that might happen, right? You know, we'll get together. You, you probably arrive in your flying car or whatever and you know Victor might be the Prime Minister you know stranger things have happened right <laughs> he's let a <it> coup again
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, talking about Australia not, not Fijian, yeah, so not Fijian
0: coup. We, <laughs> we don't need another Fijian coup you have had one for a while by the way
2: no no we we'll yeah. let Australia do it now yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey um, thanks so much also for I know you still identify being Fijian for sending over that help with the bushfires and stuff as well it's really cool yes. to see you know anyway noted 10 years time you know like we'll come together and have a chat about this and see what this looks like you see know has, has technology really changed things that much? Like I'm just trying to work out what else can fundamentally change that much that would change the conversation we have in 10 years' time.
1: I remember having a conversation when mobile phones came or well, they hadn't just
0: come Oh, out. the Philip Fizz? Yeah, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the little flip-top ones where yeah. you went as small as you possibly mm-hmm. could. And I remember having a conversation with a, another person saying, surely we are at a saturation point in terms of technology. This is it. Yeah, like it just can it get any better? Like can we get any better? smarter quicker faster and yeah that was probably 15 years ago and look where we are today i mean my iphone's got more power in it than my first computer mm. like just- iphone has got more power than what launched the space shuttle I was the, the guys to the moon the first time around correct right? you know? yeah and so 10 years i think we're just starting to get
2: going I think the fundamentals won't change. It shouldn't change. It's how we do it and how we transact will definitely change. How we derive our mortgages, how we apply for mortgages will change. It's already changing and a lot will become more and more digital in that sense. And as people our age go on to retirement and the newer generation comes in, they wouldn't know paper-based contracts and all this, everything will be electronic. So then they will become the new era of uh, investing where it's not tangible anymore then some guru will, will come up and say, you know, you've got to make everything tangible and there'll be a reset uh, back then again. And um, It'd uh, It be, could, could it be a retro property investor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can dust off some of those clothes you've got in your attic, mate. You'd that's be, right, You'll be no, right, no. right on the money. Well, I'll come
2: back from the future again. He have to dust them off. He wears them every Friday.
0: So we're being futurists and that's quite good fun. Just thinking I'm driving my car, listening to us, have a chat about this. It's all very entertaining, engaging, and I'm going, okay, well, what do I do? Like, you've just made it harder for me to make a decision about this decade ahead so to your point around having an a team and making sure you're drawing on the right people support your investing through your wealth creation that's very much the stuff that you do and you support me personally but and i enjoy chatting you guys about this i said at the start of the podcast that you guys are happy to start maybe helping people muse tackle some of these type of scenarios and issues they need to be Chatting about how do they get in touch with you guys to like to make that happen?
2: So, questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au is where they need to send the email to and maybe just put on the header podcast offer. Okay. And if you're a beginning investor, you've just started your portfolio, maybe you've got just one or two, and, and then you don't know which direction you need, need to get to, we'll point you in the right direction. And if you're already an established investor, we can do a full portfolio review. And again, point you in the right direction as to what we need to do to achieve your goals in the next next decade, and certainly help you steer away from potential minefields as your portfolio grows larger, given the changing economy, the changing environment, the changing landscape in terms of property investing, so that we can, first of all, draw on our years and years of investing in different cycles, in different modes in different states, and also draw on our expertise of being on the ground on a daily basis, looking at the minute changes that are happening, so that we can pick on the changes before it becomes common knowledge or obvious knowledge, and then obviously make sure that we are correcting the portfolio accordingly.
1: Yeah, makes and go to the website, put in the, what is it, podcast? Podcast offer. Podcast offer, but while you're at the website, there's literally hundreds of pieces of information on their blogs, videos, whatever it may be. Mm. In fact, the last podcast, because Phil took a sickie.
2: Yeah, I indulged in the Christmas grog. That's what it was. Wasn't it before? No, oh, mate. yeah, it was. Two, was two, three,
0: two, yeah. Mate, I have had a sick day in a decade. I designed my decade over a decade ago and said, I'll never take a sick day. I haven't had one since. <laughs> Good worker when you can find him. Yeah. <laughs> um, mate, do but- you know what I was doing? I was trying to learn about property. I was uncovering. I was on the ground truth. Exploring the world, see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> At Jackson's on George, At, it's, it, it's not there anymore, isn't it? Really? Well, no. Well, it's there, but it's it's getting built around. I think they're knocking, oh, is that right? it right. It's actually a site office for the new big building that's going it's up a there. Shame, yeah, it is. Anyone who knows Jackson's on George knows what we're talking about. Upstairs late on a Friday night, it's and horrible. Saturday. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, so go to
1: the last podcast, but on the website you'll also see we did something different. We recorded it, mm-hmm. not like visually. Um, it sounded a bit stupid, but um just something different. So have a look at that. That's probably about forty minutes worth of recording, but some pretty good information there
0: as well. One of the most popular things we did last year, Victor, was you guys put together a it's like a little template for a portfolio that you made available to mm-hmm. to all the listeners and I think that you know, we broke the internet with that. So I know that is still available, yep. but our portfolio tracker? Yep. Yeah, your portfolio
2: tracker. But um I've got something for the 2020. Yeah, I've yeah. got something far better this time around. What you um, got? Well, it's not comparable, but pretty much on the it's same same that's level. That's a big call considering. You <laughs> broke you our website. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know how I like keeping things really simple and tangible, right? One of the things I've been using for many many years is a really simple goal setting template. And given that uh, you know you're listening to this in January, perhaps early February, and given that this is the beginning of the year. What I'd like to do is share my template with you, the same template that I use every single year to set my goals for the year. It is a really simple template with really simple instructions because people tend to make it a little bit too complicated. So if you send an email to us, questions at writepropertygroup.com.au with the subject title as goal setting template or even just goals, Uh, We will send that out to you and it's got all the sets of instructions. It's something that's uh, held in good stead for me over many, many years and you're welcome to use it as well. Do you do your goals, Phil?
1: Yeah, I do. Did you do the Missy? Yeah, I did. Care to share? No. I didn't think so. None of your
0: business. No, I'll probably share them organically all the time, but a lot of people say that the best goals to set are ones which are SMART goals, right? You know, and I'm going to try and remember what these They're specific, they're measurable, they're actionable. Actionable. And there's an R and a T, right? But you know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to SMART. Yeah, SMART, SMART, goals, SMART goals. But people say, and it depends how you're wired and everyone will have their own relationship <clears throat> with goal setting, that yeah. for a lot of people it's important for them to document it and then they need a mechanism for reflecting on it and then keeping accountable to it. And for a lot of people they tell other people it's their goals, So mm. they've got a bit of a connectivity recourse. Or, or recourse mm. around it. And I don't particularly need to do that. I'm pretty self-reflective. I'll think about it every day. I'll, I'll score my day every day. I'll think about what I did, what I didn't do well, and what I can do to improve. And it's just a perpetual organic cycle for me that I don't actually think about. I don't know I'm actually doing it, but when I'm having a chat like I'm having right now, I, I go, well, I actually do that all the time. So that's how I do it. But nice. I've got different goals. You know, A lot of people have life goals and this goal and that mm. goal and that goal. I just... My goal is to get up and do the best I can every single day, and I know if I do that, it's all going to be okay. <laughs> that
1: sounds like a Simpson
0: episode, <laughs> but it's true, right? Like you know, that, that's just my base philosophy with everything, right? You know, you, I think if you do that, you generally do all right. I don't know. How about you? I don't like the word goals mm. personally because I think it becomes
1: they become obsolete very quickly. Mm. I think it's something in the moment in time that people use that word. I'm I, reclassified as milestones because yeah. mm. uh, a milestone is something yeah you know, in its true sense and it's an accomplishment it's a huge accomplishment you reach a milestone right correct it's very positive positive. and so I put milestones in place and I'm very much the same I'll have milestones every day mm. whether it be just to get out of bed you know without being in pain or you know get home early to see the kids whatever it may be yeah. or it might be that I need to achieve XYZ
0: but milestones is my go-to mm you goals, milestones, or um, something else? You're in the future, mate. you yeah, probably, right? probably a word that we don't uh, even no, know sorry, exists. I, <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I actually set my uh, what I need to achieve um, uh, in the year between Boxing Day and New Year's. Is yeah. that's when I do all my planning and all that sort of stuff, and and set my milestones, my goals during that, so that come January one, I've hit the ground running. Rather than trying to make a New Year's resolution, because we we tend not to be resolute throughout the whole year. True story. Yeah. So, uh, and then I have the check ins every quarter in terms of I need to achieve this at this level in this quarter. And then a reverse engineer so i'm putting a very finite and short time frame to it so that you can gather you know gather the momentum on it mm. if you say that this year i'm going to achieve this then you've given yourself too much there's time no,
1: yeah there's no check-in points and, mm. and like just not to bring it back to the subject but i kind of am with the whole designer decade if you just look 10 years out and you think well in 10 years this will be it that's right yeah, by having can't... the designer decade yeah. platform if you will mm. we're having measurable steps along yeah. the way milestones if you will mm-hmm. you know every quarter not just every year, but every quarter, whether yep. that be
0: a check-in, an adjustment of this or that, mm-hmm. and pretty much the same in life. So so, and we've got to close out, but you, Victor, you, you. this must be the, the fourth decade that you've been investing, the 90s, the noughties, the 10s, and the 20s, right? Like when you think about that. You're, n-
2: like, n- you're not counting the ones yeah. in the future, are they? Yeah, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, like, <laughs> you know, it years. sounds like you've
0: been doing a phrase, but mm. for you, this particular decade, and you, you as well, Steve, you started investing long before I did. Like, up, yep. This is when you guys should start thinking about really realising those Absolutely, three decades mm-hmm. of work. Like mm-hmm. this is this is crunch time, really. Yep. This decade because of you know old guys, but you're not young guys. So this is where <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're not in your twenties, right? You know, I'm so not like far off. Yeah, I'm on know. a
2: multiple of twenty yes, years. You so. are,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is it. This is mm-hmm. where this this J curve goes really when you see does. values go up, debt goes down, and.
2: I agree, provided you haven't speculated and provided you have corrected for what the year is offering, what mm. the phase of the market is offering, and what the economy is offering, Correct. and correcting for your the weighting in your portfolio in terms of cash flow and equity.
0: Good. There it is. All right. So, round out questions right? Probably, at right, probably Yep. Two things goals and podcast that, offer. Podcast, and offer. And podcast offer. Got that sorted out. If I just want to check out these articles that you mentioned, Steve. I've had a look. They're really cool. There's a lot of wealth and knowledge in there. Website is rightpropertygroup.com.au. And social media, just look. Uh, Facebook Instagram and, and, yeah. Insta and everything right, else. Sweet. Thanks, guys. It's a good way to kick off the decade. And you're going to give me a commitment, 10 years' time. We'll come back. We'll listen to this. We'll play some outtakes when... Yeah. you have to turn the volume up yeah <laughs> <laughs> you should start investing in cochlear mate you're going to need those uh those hearing <laughs> so but i'll tell you it's better than afterpay anyway um- yeah well it is and that's
1: well, i'm glad you mentioned that phil because there's a lot of people out there that uh that perhaps may think that we are trying to influence the market with mm. vehicles like afterpay yeah. and we
0: ha- absolutely think it's Rubbish. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Send you a hate mail, questions at rightpropertygroup.com. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Sorry, Steve G., that was for you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be back again next time. Until then, bye-bye.
2: The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs, and should not be
0: relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property, or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.